uh, we'll probably just have to, to donate that one. I donated a car before. Maybe feel real good. You get a picture of the people using the car. Really? No, you yeah. don't. Yeah, it's you like do. when you donate like a puppy to a farm, you can see it like frolicking. They totally do. Yeah, you get it, and you get a nice handwritten note from the person. It's like I'm gonna use this to drive to I don't know. Can you stuff. request like only premium gas? I can. You can request only premium users. You can okay. say, please, only premium drivers need apply. I want you. I don't want to. I want you to drive like the Stig, and I, I want you to dress like him too. And always wear a helmet when you drive my beloved, my beloved Kia Sophia. My beloved 1998 Kia Sophia. Justin McElroy and I know the best thing of the week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Should have yeah. figured that out. Yeah, yeah let's, no, no, let's, no. Go ahead. Just we're, we're doing it live. We're just going to roll with it? Yeah. I'm not going to edit this. I'm the edit one editing it. I didn't edit any of this. If you're listening to this now, know that you're getting it raw talk. You are <laughs> getting it so crystal cut, clean cut, clean cut, pure besties straight from the mountain shaker into you because there's no editing happening here. Go say for a date tag. Someone uh, say your name. A surprise. Uh, <laughs> my name is Dave Tack, and I know the best thing of the week. Uh, my name is uh, Chris Plant, and I know when to say my name at the right time. My uh-huh. name is Russ Farshik, and I know the best game of the week. This is the besties, where we talk about the latest, greatest, best, brightest, all the good stuff uh, coming coming down the pike to you. The gamer, the game aficionado, uh, who wants to start things off this week? Who's got a really big best thing? Uh, I think Freshdick does. Eh, well, I have a thing that I think some folks are talking about. I don't Hit know if me. it's a big thing. So uh, my thing is the best reason to be wary of supporting games on Kickstarter. And the, that is uh, Star Command. So uh, a few years ago... I think this is 2011. A few folks uh, got together and put up a trailer for a game that they were thinking about making called Star Command. Essentially, it was a starship management game uh, wherein you, uh, you know, pick, you you hire uh, members for your starship. They fly around the galaxy. They fight aliens. You, like, upgrade different compartments for your ship, stuff like that. If it sounds familiar to FDL, uh, conceptually, it's a pretty similar game. Um, But this game... uh, you know, went went up on Kickstarter and uh, got a lot of support its first time around. I think they raised about $36,000. Uh, they they realized they were making a bigger game than that. So ended have, ended up having a second round for Kickstarter, uh, which raised about $150,000. So we're talking about a pretty good chunk of change here. <clears throat> and um, it took a while, but uh, the first version of the game, the iOS version, has finally released and it's not super good i'm sorry to say uh, i have been playing this um, a, a good amount too so you you are in friendly company here okay so so here's uh, the basic issue is that just like there's a lot of like game design issues just it's hard to understand all the rules when you start playing 
Moving guys around the screen is a nightmare. Like you have to tap them. You want to them. start with a general pitch? Oh yeah. Sorry, I thought I did that already. The the you know you're managing a starship. Okay. It's like, again, if you've played FTL, the basic premise is almost identical. Um, there's just like a lot of core mechanics about like how you move guys around your ship and how you assign guys to certain rooms that is so unnecessarily complex and often slow and often not fun at all uh, that just drags down the whole experience. And it's a bummer because I I was really looking forward to this game. There isn't a game like FTL on mobile devices. Um, So I really had a lot of high hopes for this. Unfortunately, it's just not it's just sort of a mess. And and what the um I should mention that the Kickstarter was for the Mac and the PC version and the intention is to sort of this is sort of like a basic level of content that they're looking at and then the Mac and the PC version will be like the more fleshed out feature wide version. Um and that's what was kickstarted, but it just sort of tells us you know, if you're dealing with people that are indie developers, and obviously there are many, many talented indie developers, but all you're going off of is a trailer, you have no idea what the end outcome is going to be. You have no idea about execution, whether it's fun, how much, uh, you know, talent is on the team, how much effort they're putting in, how much of that money is actually going to game development. Again, I'm not saying that anyone screwed anyone on this, but I think a lot of people just see a trailer on Kickstarter and are like, hey, that's amazing and don't realize that there's really no guarantee that the final product is going to be anything like the thing that was initially pitched to you on Kickstarter. And there's no legal like bearing on the people that put these Kickstarters up. They get the money and they could very well just like if they want to go to Tahiti and then you know what no one's no one has any legal action to take against these people. Yeah, it's very strange the the game itself. I I played it for a few hours hoping for much like yourself for some sort of FTL like experience. And though it it is in many ways like FTL. I mean, you have uh, rooms on your ship tied to certain systems, and you have to staff them. And um, I what it feels like is they got spooked by FTL, or or you know were actively trying to distance themselves from from that game design and they've added layers on that are just completely unnecessary there's for instance a, 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 an ammo uh mechanic where in some of your weapons rooms you or uh, and in uh, your like shield regeneration room and your dodge room you have it's not enough for the room to actually charge up you have to do a separate action. You have to tap that room and try not to tap the crew member in the room. You have to tap that room and start it generating ammo. Um, and it, you need ammo before you can fi- use this thing and you can deplete it. And there's no, it's just, this. there was already an elegant design for this. It's like the room charges over time and right. Um, there, there, there's other weirdness. Like there's a little mini game you have to play to see how many of your shots connect. Um, and it feels and, like super slapped together and yeah, not it's really and not good and not well done and and doesn't and it make doesn't, a lot of sense. It I doesn't wonder, look like they even made the game like thought about making a game for touch devices. Like it looks like they made a PC game and then like at the last minute we're like, oh shit, how are we gonna make this work on touch? We're not. We're just gonna sort of throw it in there and hope for the best because you can't like. Tapping guys, like God forbid, two guys are standing next to each other. You're you're effed. Like there's no way to tap an individual person. I want to yeah. run some speculation by you. Uh, okay. 
I've been thinking about just with Kickstarter versus you know traditional development. Yeah. It felt like when the Kickstarter boom happened, the idea was. I think it's still happening. Sh- uh, sure. I mean, okay. Whatever. It is for Zach Braff. Uh, that great, <laughs> and so many other people we can talk about. Um, when it started, it felt like it was trying to distance itself from the development model of okay, there are these wealthy people, and they give us guideline- guidelines and notes, and we have to kind of meet their demands. And if you just give us this money, we can go out and do the creative stuff we've always wanted to do, and you'll get this amazing result. But I'm starting to feel like Kickstarter has become almost the exact same thing, where the only thing that's changed is instead of like one publisher who has a set of notes and a certain amount of expectations, you suddenly have hundreds if not thousands of mini-publishers who are each of your backers who now expect the game to meet its original deadline, which when does a game do that? They expect it to be exactly what was promised on day one, and which gives you no creative freedom to, you know, iterate or just totally scrap a bad idea when you realize it's bad. It feels like all these pressures have just returned uh, in a different, you know, form. And I don't know how beneficial that is. Yeah, it also, I would say, doesn't, like, you know, people sort of slag on big develop, big publishers, uh, and that's a lot of the reason why people go to Kickstarter. But there are benefits. Like there are, like levels of quality assurance testing that go through uh, if you're in, a, you know, publishing a game um, that a lot of these indie developers won't necessarily have the benefit of going through. Obviously, they, a lot of them will do QA, but they probably not to the extent that they would if they were under a major publisher. Um, I would also say that. I think when it comes to companies like Double Fine, company uh, developers whose work you're familiar with, uh, that's very proven and tested, um, it's a it's a safer bet. Uh, you know, they're not gonna screw people over. Um, but you never know with it with with folks that are you know still trying to do something new. It really is a big risk, and sometimes that risk pays off. See FTL; those guys had not basically not made a game before. Um, and then Star Command, which is sort of the dark end of that. And obviously the Star Command journey is not over yet because the PC version's not out, but it, it's, it's a pretty big risk and you definitely want to take a minute before you throw down money for a trailer that kind of looks cool. So is, is, do you think Star Command's a mech, a mess that, that can be fixed or is this just not a great game? There's, I, I don't know how you feel, Justin. My, my take on it is that just about every design decision that was that has been made so far is really going in the wrong direction. I basically have no, I don't have confidence in it. The best way I can put it is this. If they thought that this was good, like if they thought that they were making the right decisions, because a lot of it's not sloppiness. It's just right. bad design. It just is, it feels bad and it, is is it feels wrong and the the you know the design decisions that they made um it's not just like sloppiness or threadbare like you can do an ios game that's threadbare from a design perspective and not have it be you know unpleasant to play and and that is how i would describe star command it is fairly infuriating to play the difficulty curve is like all over the place. I mean, it is nuts. Um, 
and uh, it, it is just not an enjoyable experience. I mean, maybe on on the PC, maybe they have some of these, maybe some of these systems that seem arbitrary and weird on the touch version are are um, you know maybe they're all refined on the PC version, but judging by this is like a metric for judging their uh, design skills and acumen like I don't agree with hardly any of the decisions that they've made any point at which they deviate from FTL I pretty much am very sad so I I don't know I don't have much faith yeah and we shouldn't petition people to obviously clone other people's or copy other people's game mechanics um but yeah it, I mean I would say if you're not gonna copy what FTL did you gotta at least come up with something that's as good, if not better. And they definitely came up with something that was considerably worse. I mean, you don't clone. You you iterate. You refine. You blend. This is sure. tacking on. I mean, this this is kludgy like systems grafted on to things that are already working. Yeah. Um, you ever see the episode of Doug, where his dad makes him a kite, and it's very simple and and just a diamond shape red kite and Doug is embarrassed because all the other kids have like really souped up kites that look amazing. Yeah. And Doug tapes on like wings and streamers and and stuff Fucking like that. Doug. Doug does that to make it look cool, but then his his kite's terrible and his dad said, "Well, actually this is a fighter kite. It's designed like this you know, so it can do all these sick tricks and stuff. And he pulls off the wings and pulls off the streamers and it flies perfectly. And it's like best in show or whatever of kites. FTL yeah. sort of like that fighter kite and star command is more like the, the kite that Doug made where, yeah, like it, it, there are things grafted onto it that would ostensibly make it cooler or better, but really all it's doing is getting in the way and impeding what is uh, a, a, a pretty, pretty righteously uh, designed game. Now, it's a really good place to end that segment. <laughs> it, it is a really good place. I'm not going to end it right there. I'm oh going to ask a, another follow-up question. <laughs> Do you think Doug went into the laundry and got totally clean underwear before becoming Quail Man? Or do you think mm -hmm. he was like, yeah, I'll just turn it inside out? It was worth it. It was worth it that you went back. It's <laughs> good. It's good. Do you guys want to listen to Killer Tofu? <laughs> no, I think I'm okay. Uh, we can't pay for the rights to Killer uh, Tofu. Dave, I heard you need more allowance, and to get it, you would have to tell us about your best thing of the week. Oh, I have uh, the best w worst game of the week, mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, Deadly Premonition, the director's cut, which I uh, played, and the review should be up pretty soon, or maybe is up by the time you're listening to this. Did you um, complete you guys... it? Did you play to completion? Oh, I sure did. Did you play with the move? I did not. There was move support? <laughs> I don't it know. sure is moving and 3D support. Oh my god! That's those are real things. I never I, played Deadly Premonition. Do you know of it? Yeah, so I I understand. I've seen like brief scenes on YouTube, so I understand like it's got laughable voice acting and like a campy um, what's it called Twin Peaks style story, right. and that's about all I know. That's that is more or less the game. Uh, it is. I guess the high-level concept is that it's an open-world survival horror game. Um, but there is uh, not a ton of horror, not a ton of action. Um, and in the near 20 hours that I spent with it, mostly what I did was sort of walk around the world, 
uh, and meet the inhabitants of this little town uh, called Greenvale, um, which is, like you said, kind of got this northwestern Twin Peaks, Alan Wake style. Uh, you're this, you play as this detective who uh, goes there to investigate a murder, which turns into a string of murders, which turns into everybody in the town as a suspect. Um, and, it, <laughs> you know, to, to be honest with you, it was, it, I really liked the game by the end. Uh, but as a string of things to say, here's what's really good about it, uh, well, there isn't really a, a ton of string, uh, of, of things on that string. Um, it has a, uh, it looks more or less like it was designed uh, for the PlayStation 2. Um, that acting is is pretty rough. There are, there are parts in the game that even with the director's cut uh, are still eh, broken. Uh, I, I ran into a couple of places where, where it was pretty obvious like that they had meant to add, say, trees into the environment, but they weren't actually there. Trees are tough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> trees are hard well, to they, anybody. They, they, had ha- they had the invisible walls there. Hmm. See, but there were no trees. Well, maybe but that's what the director cut. He cut the trees out. I Ooh. get it. Cut the trees. Now, is, there's a lot of fondness for this game on the internet. Yes. I know people are rather fond. So do you think it's just a matter of, ha, 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 look how bad this is, and that's why people like it? Well, what's actually interesting, yes and no. Part, part of that is, is certainly that it is kind of bad, but almost kind of... but. Like the winner of the you know world's ugliest dog contest, something about the uh, the the flaws make it cute. Sure, um, and that's what that's what happened with like I I started, I didn't really know what was going on, and then a few hours in, I realized I was having fun because bizarre as the world is, strange as the game is, uh, strange as the characters talk, affected as everybody is in the game. Uh, it's actually fun to just go around and, and sort of poke at, at every little corner of this place. There's a that you mentioned a, a video on the internet. Uh, it's probably the one where you're in the diner and the uh, the man wearing a gas mask sitting in a wheelchair who speaks and whispers to his assistant who translates it in rhyme uh, orders. Uh, it's called a sinner sandwich, which is the turkey and cereal and jam. Hold on a second. Yeah, go ahead. Where do I procure this sandwich? Is that a real sandwich? You, if you want it to be, you no. Just but like in the real, like together. our world, is that like an actual sandwich that people are aware of? I think it's just in the game. Oh, okay. Now I'm kind of disappointed because that sounds amazing. But if you have turkey and you have cereal, yeah, and jam, mm-hmm. you could make one. Do they specify which cereal? No. Generic cereal. I don't think there is such a thing. It's actually uh, C-3PO's, the Star Wars cereal from the mid-'80s. Oh, okay. I can can get a hold of it. Nintendo cereal? It's a Nintendo Power cereal system. Right. A blend of one-fourth Zelda to three-fourths Mario cereal. God, now I would would literally, not an exaggeration, drive in my car to one of your houses and stab one of you in the throat for a bowl of what I just described. <laughs> Holy shit would I eat that cereal so hard. Mama, mama. Oh, Justin. Oh, golly gee. I'm overweight. 
God. You're, Dave, You're not, though. Dave, I, I know I still am. I, I'm headed in the right direction. Dave, I remember from the last time I played this, I really grooved on the uh, the adventure exploration weirdness of the characters, mm-hmm. the script, the dialogue. Like I dug all that in a very big way. What I did not dig very much were the segments of combat that were sort mm-hmm. of, uh, I guess, Silent Hill-inspired, Resident Evil-inspired yeah. third-person action sequences that I right. kind of despised. Right. Were those refined at all or, or any better? Or? I didn't play the original version, and my understanding of this is that the controls have been completely redone. It felt, the controls felt unremarkable, so... They weren't bad. That would be a so step up, honestly. They've changed, right. <laughs> they've changed a lot. It, it's you know, it's it's exactly what you think about. It. Think of Resident Evil. You 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 pull your gun, you discover that your feet have been bolted to the ground, mm-hmm. and and you aim. Right. That, that's all it is. The enemies aren't tough. Uh, they're they're more like speed bumps than anything else. But they're super creepy, <laughs> like wailing directly at you, screaming about how they don't want to die when you kill them. Are they whales? They are whaling. So oh. they're whalers. So they hunt for whales directly at they, you. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Because because you play as FBI agent Mr. Whale. They're Jim a, Whaleson. There's a, and, but there's these. There. It's it's basically the way that it's set up. They're basically like role playing game style dungeons. There are hours of just messing around in the world without zombies, and the story pushes you into these what are mostly buildings, uh, where you just fight for an, an hour or so push the story forward and, and then play through that. And it's, it's the combat's not great. I, I'm not saying that, but it's that kind of interplay between this goofy world you get to play in. And then when you decide it's time to go and, you know, fight some things, you can go do that. Sounds that like pushes persona. the story forward. What? Yeah. It's, that's more or less uh, uh, true. The, the, but that's where, <laughs> that's where the game becomes good, where it's like, this world is bizarre. Yeah, but actually a lot of fun to just play around in, and it it works almost all of the game until the final third or quarter, where they just dis- <laughs> they tell you that they're going to dispense with the open world stuff. It's like n- no more side quests. We're going to go and we're going to finish the story, and it turns out that they're not very good at guiding you through oh, <laughs> the story. Oh, well, yeah, I mean it's just a lot of wandering just, around lost. No, it's 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 all. <laughs> Personally, I think <laughs> in a game so bizarre, making the choice to do whatever you want at any given time is a lot of fun. If they funnel you for five hours or four hours or whatever, it's felt like a long time, uh, toward the end, that, it, it's not so great. Um, you know, there's, it takes away part of what makes it fun, which is I'm going to go visit the old crazy lady uh, who's obsessed with pots or the weirdo millionaire or go you know, go get something to eat or whatever. Like it's, it, that poking at the world is fun. Being sort of poked at as you go through the world is not. One of the things Uh, that bothered me about the first, or not the first, uh, this, but when I played it, um, there were, there's a, a a lot of events or items or, or things like that, that you can't, that you that are there for like a limited time during the day mm-hmm. in a specific in-game time and kind of disappear and you'd have no way of knowing about them otherwise and mm-hmm. i always felt that i would miss a lot if i wasn't playing with like uh, an faq or something which i know some people like that like i don't really like to play games twice if i can avoid it so i kind of want to get everything the first time through 
Um, is that was that something you ran into a lot, or is that something that bothers you personally, or, or? the? I would <laughs> uh, in something like this. I I don't think I'd want to play it twice. Uh, I I just kind of dive in and dive out. So I I wouldn't begrudge anybody who just sat down with an FAQ and did that. But that said, the game uh, it doesn't explain a lot. But if you open the menus, you will see there's a there's an early um, side quest there's 50 side quests and all they are in the menu numbered and a lot of the time doing one side quest unlocks the next side quest and and so on and inside the menus you'll find not only what the side quest is but what you need to do um sort of when you need to do it and uh what chapters because the game is well i don't know it's it's like divided into acts and there's a bunch of chapters in each act and it'll tell you when they're available. So something might be available in 1 through 3, and then 6 through 9, and then, you know, 11 to 13 or whatever. Uh, so, you know, it's it's there if you want to poke around it. Although it's all, it's also, I found, not necessary. Again, I didn't play the sort of original non-director's cut version, but, like, you earn money for all these side quests you do, money for basically everything you do, that you can use to upgrade weapons and things like that. And I... I didn't buy basically anything. Like it's, it's all optional. If you wanna, if you like the world and want to go do this stuff, knock yourself out. If you don't, well, you'd never make it that far if you didn't like the world. Well, that's that sounds particularly mediocre. It's fun. It's it's almost like you know what I think it's like to be honest with you. Kind of, <clears throat> it's like Dark Souls in the sense that like, if you find a guy. If you play Dark Souls and you say Dark Souls and somebody's eyes light up because they love Dark Souls too, then, you know, you can be Dark Souls pals and do 20 minutes on how cool and freaking weird the game is. I wouldn't begrudge a person in the world. I love Dark Souls. I wouldn't begrudge anybody who didn't. And I feel like Deadly Premonition is kind of the same. It's a shared a little experience more broken. Thing. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we all love Deadly Premonition. Let's, we can talk about it. But I wouldn't, wouldn't say... <laughs> It's for everybody. That's well, for sure. You know what else I love? Chris Plant. Um, oh. Chris Plant just got back from Canada. A trip to Canada. Yeah. I just bought you know, Premonition. Damn it. That, that's, you, um, is that what you just did? Were you on Amazon buying that game? I just bought it right now. I, what it's is cheap. wrong with you? What is it's wrong cheap. with you? No, I don't, you've, you've already played this game. It's clearly mediocre. You don't. Do you have time for this? There are so many good games I'm out. Really Why? I get bored easily. My oh job my is not particularly God. taxing. Oh How is playing God. a game you've already played a way to solve boredom easily? Don't, you you oh didn't finish it, did you? God. Sorry, what? You didn't finish it, no, did you, No, that's why I'm going back See? in. Because I, I got oh, like yeah. 10 hours. Like I said, I really liked it. And if they fix some of the hours. things. 10 hours. 10 hours. I liked I said I just said I liked it. Oh. Dad. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't. I. I do not. I don't think I'll ever understand this. I, there are so many what? good games out, and just other good things in the world that the idea of pursuing mediocrity—it just—it does not. Okay, it but makes like my brain wants so, to dissolve. But like pursuing mediocrity is completely unfair, and and uh, th there are different degrees to which things can engage us. And like part of my problem with really great game design is that it is by and large built to sort of disengage the critical part of your mind. It's one of the hardest things I think about being a game critic is that if you're in a really good game, it 
it disengages the parts of your mind that think critically or are challenged or or, or anything like that. A, a lot of good game design is about disconnecting your brain so you can connect your synapses with whatever is going the on system. in the world. The system, exactly. And, and uh, part of the appeal, I think, of games like this is that it doesn't the fact that it is a artistically challenging and and interesting and not all the rough edges smoothed off and the fact that the design systems are not completely flawless that can create an experience that's really uh, can engage you more as a player and not just engage you more but create an experience that stays with you longer so so many games are so smooth there's nothing to grab onto and I think that like games like this that maybe aren't perfect and maybe do have some rough edges are the ones that you can hold on to better because it, it's an it's an experience. It's it, it maybe engages you more deeply than a than a flawless game that that is just about synapse. Yeah, that's a, that's exactly it. And then that's why, like when I was figuring out how I was going to explain how I liked a game that by any measure isn't isn't great, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Is there are things about you, you don't want to you want you don't want to be a crazy person and say this game is awesome because it's broken. But there's some part of me that like if I ever played the first Halo and it didn't do that little stutter thing as it loaded the levels in the background or the you know the the doors flew open, I would kind of miss that. But and it, and it's it, it feels like that to me. I agree with that more than mediocrity. I I think we're ta- you're talking about two different things. I think because it's broken is a right that i mean there's a righteous appeal to that i think mediocrity is a very different thing than rough edges i think i was the only one calling it mediocrity necessarily okay and i haven't actually played the game (laughs) uh i yeah y'all you already know how much i love our sponsor of the week rocket money they make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. 
it's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up, you just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. You should. Good convo. Play at How is Canada? You've been up Canada. there like twice in the past few months, right? Yeah, you were in Mon- I've been I've been to the two different Canada's. I think there might be a third. Compare and contrast to Montreal and Vancouver. Montreal closer, like Europe. Vancouver further away, the best city ever. Wow, it's it is it is it's beautiful. I've never seen. Is Vancouver always further away, no matter where you are? Uh, no. So if if you're in Seattle, it's closer. Oh, weird. Yeah. Um, so Vancouver, you you land right in this beautiful airport, and then you get off of uh, the highway, and you see these like th- it looks like three cities, and all of them. Uh, I don't know how it how this was done, but all the buildings look like they're like maybe ten years old tops, and they're all beautiful glass buildings, uh, and none of them are tall enough to uh, get in the way of this gorgeous mountain skyline. Uh, and there's water everywhere. Everything is perfectly clean. I, there is no no homeless people. I guess everybody has jobs. The the taxes are incredibly high, but you, you get healthcare. Well, or the walls are made of homeless people. I mean, it could. Oh, be that, that is one possible. There there was there was purposeful graffiti in a few places, and and some of them had skeletons in it because of the even the graffiti there looked like it was commissioned by the government. Yeah, our blood our cars run on the blood of homeless people. That's not. That's a small it's, price it, to pay. That's Canada's motto, actually, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I it, recently spent some time in the Pacific Northwest myself. Beautiful area. It, it is. Do you mean in Deadly Premonition? Yeah. Okay, yeah, good. All right, about. good. Yep. Uh-huh. Good. Next. Um, <laughs> uh, that, that's pretty much it. We'll have a story about something from there soon, really soon. Did, did it involve, you, does it involve a series of murders in a small town? Yes. So it started out with one murder, and <laughs> mm-hmm. I was a uh, uh, killer of whales. Um, <gasps> and yes! my, my boat docked, and then uh, as the investigation uh, proceeded, more murders did, happened. Did you Were there invisible trees there? There were. How, yeah, did, yeah. Were, were you there? Nope. Okay, wait. Just uh, Oh, my gosh. I, I, I apologize to this person if he, he listens to our podcast because I forgot his name. But – uh, at the end of the trip, as I'm like about to get on the airplane, I get a tweet to me, and it says, "Hello, Chris Plant. I saw you the other day in Vancouver. You were getting into a black SUV, and that was it." <laughs> I, I, I was like, "This is true. I, why did you not say hi? One, because I would love to meet you, uh, but two, very strange to be in a totally foreign city uh, and and have people recognize you uh, from afar." 
and then tweeted at you. We live in a, a strange age. Two days later, by the way. Yeah, that- yeah. Like, he, he kind of chewed on it. Like, he was like, right. maybe it, it, it couldn't have been. It could not have been the the most boring person I followed. Was it Alan Thick? It was. I um, get so it, angry when someone says they saw me but didn't say hi because what you've really done is rob me of the chance to feel famous. Especially, <laughs> especially if I'm around other people, especially specifically oh, yeah. not famous people. Hachi, Machi, does that ever go down smooth? <laughs> uh, I have this thing that I do because I'm not very good with faces. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty good at oh, it, no. I think. Oh, but no. generally when uh, someone approaches me and goes, hey, Russ, I will, you know, front a little bit and pretend like I know who they are because it's possible that I do. Uh, and that happened a couple times during GDC. And I'd, they'd be like, hey, Russ. And I'd be like, whoa, what's up, dude? And they'd be like, you don't know me. <laughs> and I'd feel weird. See, I do the opposite. I just act like I don't know whoever says hello to me because it makes me feel, you know, big shot. I just treat everybody like a person. I get through okay. That's a weird idea. <laughs> hey, speaking of weird ideas, I want to mm-hmm. talk about uh, a weird game that I've been playing Um my best of the week is best game with worst title. Oh boy! Because this game is Mars. It's called Mars Warlogs, <laughs> um, which is bad, 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 bad. Um, I like I like the first part. I think is Mars is okay. Uh, what is a warlog? It sounds like you pooped in like a truck. A, a helmet. If you remember yeah. the classic scene from uh, Lord of the Rings when Gandalf uh-huh. is destroying a bridge and saying you shall not pass he is fighting a warlog is what that is no no that's a, ba- no. a balrog no, bal- 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 okay so the yep. designer and he had, of had wings yep. god of war 2 uh blogs of war blogs of war is is named cory warlog and that barlog. is barlog uh-huh. barlog okay i don't know what a war a warlog <laughs> is referring to the fact that we are in the middle uh, on mars we're in the middle of wars over uh water um and this is a third person uh, melee combat RPG, uh, where I the the closest comparison I can give you is sort of like uh, it's uh, sort of a cross between Chronicles of Riddick and Mass Effect. Um, there's a lot of uh, you 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 play a character and you can sort of decide uh, his reputation from from dialogue choices, but the the first vast portion of the game you're trying to escape from a prison colony with the assistance of a of another prisoner named innocence uh in in mm. in this uh in this world one of the, the the major companies give everybody uh i believe they're called uh they're all in this area or region called aurora and everybody has uh virtue names so uh a name based on your your most prominent virtuous uh Characteristic. So, Are they named as babies? Uh, so I don't like know. I don't know exactly poops? know how it happened. Yeah, everybody gets one of these names. Um, was it? I'm sorry. What what system is this on? Uh, this is a uh, currently a PC game on uh, that you can get on Steam for I think twenty uh-huh. bucks, fifteen or twenty bucks. Okay. Um, and the uh, the uh, it is coming to Xbox 360 and PS3 um, eventually. So uh, it's it's made by Spiders, which is a French developer that's worked on some of the Sherlock Holmes game. Um, the scripting is not great. The and by script, I mean the 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 dialogue is not great. The performances are even worse. Uh, really, just not. It, it sounds like it's read by people 
who speak yet do not comprehend the English language. Oh, so like a David Cage game. Yeah, that's the, except um, the mechanics of playing it are actually really enjoyable. So melee combat, you have uh, sort of a basic melee attack. You create, you find weapons, largely improvised weapons. Like I've been playing the game for eight hours now. I have the best weapon I found, and it is a copper pipe <laughs> that you basically augment with uh, crafting supplies that you find throughout the world. Um you can uh, put electricity on them or spikes or, or change the grip to make it a little easier to use. Uh, there is one projectile weapon and it is a nail gun. So it is you are very you are very much sort of like at the bottom rung of this world um, and you are just sort of scraping to get by all the time. In fact, the uh, primary system of uh, currency is called serum and you actually a, uh, uh, use that to create health packs. So anytime you create a health pack, you're actually using your form of money. Uh, and two, you can extract uh, money from uh, enemies that you beat, but it kills them and hurts your reputation. So oh. um, there's a lot of really interesting choices like that. The combat is actually super fun. For the first large part of the game, you're mainly using your melee weapons and uh, you, you have powers that you can map to the different buttons on the controller. I play I play with the controller, but uh, you have powers you can map to different buttons on your controller or keyboard. Um, and, like, your main staple power for the beginning of the game is throwing sand in enemies' eyes. So, like, <laughs> uh, it's very uh, mobile combat. You're rolling around a lot. Try, you do more damage behind enemies, so you're you're trying to, to get to get behind them and, and attack them so you can do more damage there. And a lot of time that, that involves, you know, throwing sand in their eyes and than uh, rolling behind them to attack, but it 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 uh it feels really good. It's a lot of uh, fun to play, and the dialogue, uh, the story is actually kind of interesting. The world they've created is more interesting, I think, than the than the story uh, and characters populating it. But uh, there's lots of other RPG elements, like you know, there's perks you can take and uh, feats that augment your skills permanently, and different skills that you can upgrade. Um, and uh, the the system of the game actually like it introduces a massive uh, second system of uh, tech based magic powers basically, um, and it doesn't introduce them until like halfway through the game. So it's very strange. The whole the whole feel of everything sort of shifts uh, halfway through. Um, I've been really I, I it, it kind of came out of nowhere for me because I I hadn't really heard much about it, but. Um, it's it's really neat. There's all the all the systems you could want from an RPG grafted onto these um, really solid melee combat mechanics. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot to to want in the quest design area. It's a lot of like go to this place and and do this thing. But I enjoyed the combat enough that I I didn't mind yeah. so much. So it sounds like Dead Island. Am I crazy? I heard. Yeah, I thought that's that. not a terrible comparison. I think the the big difference between this and Dead Island for me is that the the combat uh, is actually really, I mean, it is actually a lot of fun. First, there's depth to it, uh, deciding, like, the best combo of powers and weapons that you can use in a given situation is is cool. You're also constantly, like, strapped for resources, like, to the point where you're breaking down vital things that you desperately need in the hopes that you can get the last shard of bone you need to upgrade your armor to something that is not that great anyway and still looks like something that uh, it, every outfit in the game makes you look like a person that would power the cars in Vancouver. 
Um, wow. wow. So it's is it is it true that you can use the the nail gun to like intimidate people? I heard something about this. You can like intimidate them and then take them to the row homes, and then leave what? their bodies in the in the in the empty row homes, and then. Can, oh my god, he's up. making a wire reference. You, you wow. Stop it, Chris Plant. Stop it, please. You, 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 can, you can take the Does turf anyone have Mars? serious is questions that, is that? about this oh game? I never heard God, of. I thought I did, but my mind just went blank from that. How is, what, what, what's, what's, what do I have to play it on? I played on my PC. I already told you this. I'm not going to answer that again. <laughs> I already oh answered both these questions, so you weren't listening. That's hurtful. You're, I got, I'm going to be honest. You, you, you said something like, you're like, copper pipe, and then you can have the nail gun, and then that's it. And I was like, <laughs> and then you started crafting that can't then, miss yeah, yeah. wire joke. And I was like, okay, let's, let's get this together, Chris. Uh, I what meant to think? tell you guys, uh, you're, the lead character does not use his virtue name exclusively. So your lead <laughs> character is literally named, and I'm not making this up, Roy Temperance. <laughs> no. Okay. As his last name? His last his, his full name is Roy Temperance, which is fantastic. Uh wow. It, it does seem, doesn't seem like a very interesting um lead character. There's no he's yeah. he's a total total dullard. Uh <laughs> he Roy? does deliver great dialogue like there's one line when he goes to break up a a, a this colony of uh addicts that have taken up residence in this workshop. He says, uh, I'm the delivery man, and I'm just here to deliver some kicks to some assholes. <laughs> that doesn't seem oh. uh, to imply temperance. No, <laughs> there's very little temperance going on. Um, so, But anyway, that's Mars Warlogs. I, I have been having uh, – I've been having a lot of fun with it. There, there are problems, uh, obviously, but um, it, 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 I, I think it's really interesting. So, Chris Plant, bring it. Uh yeah, mine is the uh, best billion-dollar partnership for things I probably won't end up caring that much about, uh, and that is the the devil deal between <laughs> Disney uh, and subsequently Star Wars with EA for, and I quote the con the console the console games the core the core console games is what this arrangement is console does not include doesn't include casual or uh, social games which i can't imagine making a contract on these like terms that i what the hell does that mean like it means they've got a lucrative contract with somebody else yeah disney wants to make social games elsewhere if i if i had to guess no based on knowing what i know of disney's relationship with the video game business it's video game it's disney hedging its bets that it will be able to find revenue streams outside of console games because it has yet to be able to create a, a decent business there well, and that's all well it had a decent business and it threw it away for a, a gajillion dollar deal with a crappy studio um but whatever that i disney is a disaster when it comes to video games and and thank god they've partnered up with ea who clearly knows what's going on in the future so um, optimistic aw. yeah I, 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 I this deal is like at first i, I was like bummed because i was like I, I like star wars right i think i do uh, and then I realized I don't. When was the last time I really cared, like, honestly cared about anything Star Wars, let alone a Star Wars video game? I like the first um, Star Killer game. What was that called? Jedi Knight. What are you talking about? No, were you the bad guy from like four years ago? Oh no, Force Unleashed. I like the first one. It wasn't great, but it was pretty good. It it just seems like two companies that make things designed 
purely to make money, like in the most cynical sense. Like, well, yeah. I, I can't think of anything. I mean, outside of, you know, the, uh, the new thing from Criterion that EA does anymore that I would call, like, creative at all. Um, Can you think of anything? EA? Yeah. Well, looking hmm. at the past, like, just the past 12 months or so, you got Battlefield 3 stuff. Uh, yep. Army of Two. was like, the yep. fourth one of the third one of those? Yeah. Uh more Mass Effect. More Mass Effect. More Sim more City. Um, Football. I would say, soccer. you know, based on really their lineup, it sounds yeah. pretty much like they're on par with, like, indie developers, I think, in terms of originality and breaking sure. new ground. Yeah. I think yeah. that's fair to say. I think that, that they, I think you're right, Plant, but let me hit you with this. Okay. I don't think that it's a company that necessarily trades in poor quality. Which is encouraging because, what? By definition, it, it, we're talking about new. I mean, it's an old license, for me, but it's obviously, the definition it's like new... of mediocrity. Like most EA games, define the word mediocrity. You know how you're talking about rough edges and like mm-hmm. you know using critical capacity. I think that's why rough edges is a better word than mediocrity because I would reserve mediocrity for the majority of EA games where it's like they're smooth as a baby's bottom. And they have nothing to say. They will offend no one. And if you like video games, quote unquote, you will probably find them sufficient. Part of that is because the game, because they have been so, they've leaned so heavily on sequels. And with this new arrangement, like they're not going to be able to do that. So they will have to come up with some. I mean, yeah, maybe it will. They'll be able to lean on movies. Well, sure, but like. No, but they're not going to make. Mo- uh, well, they might make movie games, yeah. but it, it opens the realm to do something akin to a Force Unleashed, which is to say, delving into what could be a new area of the Star Wars franchise. Whether they end up doing that or not, yeah. who knows? I, I think you're probably being a little. I mean, trust me, I'm the first to admit that a lot of EA's releases are not exactly breaking any new ground, but. I would agree with Justin that from a quality perspective, they are, you know, SimCity well, disaster they're aside. They, they're, they're, above, they're above, like, Activision cash-ins on, like, a, you know, an ABC. Yeah, I wouldn't describe them show. as cash-in games. I would agree that they're safe. They feel um, tested out, well, in terms of, like, yeah. like a room, get a room full of people. What will make them all happy? Let's make that game. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily i just don't know who else like who do you want that franchise to go to uh, i don't i don't know that star wars is the thing is the franchise that needs to make me uncomfortable or or push the genre forward like i would be happy because it's been a while just to have a neat like good competent star wars game i don't know what that is and i don't know if ea can make it um but uh, you know like that would be interesting if they think if EA is the company that builds franchises and sequelizes things, then give me a good game that you can build franchises and sequels around. I mean, I, and then I'll complain when you've made the eighth of them. Here's the thing that's bad about exclusivity if you're uh, someone who likes video games. What exclusivity deal does is it eliminates competition. Um, they're writing a big check so their games don't have to be better than other games that use the same license because no one else can. It's it's they. They ended competition with football games, uh, and they are doing that with Star Wars games. Um, the and that check will somehow impact production costs. So 
part of that game is agreeing to that check that's already been cashed. Right. There's mm-hmm. a check that's been when written. you're drawing a budget. That you do not benefit from whatsoever, and in fact, you are actively hurt by as a consumer, that does not go into making the game any better. So, like, yes. that part of the line item of, like, Star Wars games has already been been taken up. Like, it's money that they can't devote to development. And that, like, extends to everything. That's not just, like, with, with video games. Like, exclusivity deals like this are bad for consumers because they limit competition. But if someone was – so, like, that's why – I say that just to say that, like, I don't, I don't think it's the right thing to, uh, to sign an exclusivity deal, especially for consumers. But if if Disney was to sign an exclusivity deal like this with a, a company for the Star Wars license, who is there another publisher that could feasibly take on this license exclusively that you would have preferred? I would take Ubisoft in a heartbeat, uh, just because it's. It's creative led, which I mean is ironic to say this week after the Patrice stuff. But <laughs> yeah. at least I think if it had, it had gone there, there would have been the chance that a game is given out to a creative lead and it's created from the ground up there. While I, and I, now I'm just being, I, I admit how profoundly cynical this is going to sound. <laughs> I think now the arrangement is more like. Well, we have people who make Battlefield games, and Battlefront's popular, so let's just get one of the Star Wars Battlefield type of games, and let's get a Star Wars racing type of game, and then let's get the movie games, and just go from there. I think we'll see Star Wars games in the mold of EA. Because that's safe, right? I mean, they already know how to make those games and make them well. And like like Dave said, that's not necessarily... I'm not saying it's entirely bad. It's not what I prefer... But it will make everyone a lot of money. It will make a lot of Star Wars fans very happy because they will they won't be they won't be crappy. This isn't like if Activision got the brand where who knows what could have happened with it. They'll probably be, you know, I'm sure on websites they'll get AIDS. If I'm if I'm remembering it correctly, Dice is one of the studios that's that that should be working on the Star Wars games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and once upon a time they did make Mirror's Edge. Uh, yeah, and look what happened to them for doing that. They were so they were punished. It was sent to the Phantom yeah. Zone. <laughs> right, but this is this is the back door into Mirror's Edge Two. Is what I'm saying. Ah, oh, yeah, oh, sure. oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they should have just it's, said that in the announcement. <laughs> this will allow us to finally make Mirror's Edge Two. We don't know Bubble why, but trust us. Sliding down the Sarlacc. <laughs> that sounds good. I'm um, that. Anyway, it, best thing of the week is EA, I guess. <laughs> oh gosh, is there, is there any? Of our besties this week that weren't backdoor complaints about shit. This was this was a bit I, of a uh, negative week. I hope I didn't come off as negative about mine. No, I, no, you, you were. There's a big big part in my heart for that game. And I want to apologize to EA because those people people. <laughs> I, I, no I, I, do, I, I do want to say this. Well, I like I said, I clearly do not enjoy. Or I don't love a lot of the games. I think they're all enjoyable in their own right. But more importantly. They will release games, and their studios, I think, will some of them will stay open after they release them, which Disney Interactive could never say. So if, if they came across a split second, you know, in terms of, well, obviously it won't be that, but it'll be something Star Wars, I, they would make more of them, and uh, they would kind of try to reward their staff instead of being like, great job, uh, get the hell out of our office. So I, I'd rather see that than see, you know, people work for Disney Interactive and get the kibosh. I think Griffin won this week. Yeah, <laughs> gotta give it to Griffin, really. But, if you think about but, it. Yeah, but I think if I could, he, I'm I'm here instead of Griffin. Griffin no, wins. I, I think I think, I know he, 
I know Griffin Griffin are going to be really hurt, but I would agree. I think Griffin probably wins. I think Griffin won. Yeah, good job, Griffin. Congratulations. Good job, Griffin. Super uh, duper Griffin in absentia. Griffin in absentia. We're thinking about you, buddy. And uh, that's going to do it for this this week on The Besties. Thank you mm-hmm. to our very special guest, Dave Tack, reporter at Polygon. The, uh, Polygon is also me. a website. It's not just a hub for podcasts. It's a, it's a website you can find it at Polygon.com, at Polygon, Facebook slash Polygon, YouTube slash Polygon, Polygon.com.tumblr.com. Um, and uh, so go there, read some things. You got a, this great uh, human angle video series going on right now that you'll really like. Examines the people behind the games. Cosplayers the this week. Cosplayers uh, this week. Alexis is great this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah really very good. good. Story. Um, head on over and check that out. Make sure you join us again next Friday for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best things? Bessies!